CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and we have a rare solo Tuesday episode of Here for the Right Reasons. I am flying solo to give you my thoughts on Clayton's season of the show, this week's episode. There's been a lot that has unfolded on social media that I'm going to recap for you, Um, some, some more context and some apologies, a little bit of stuff going on there. And I wanted to give you an update on the Tasha situation and everything along with that. But um, yeah, we had some scheduling issues, but that's okay. Cause I'm going to deliver you the news you need. And we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming with more guests later this week and the rest of the season. You guys know, you can always let me know who you think would be a good guest via my Instagram comments. Let me know what you're thinking, what you want to know for this show. But for now, we're going to just dive right in. I wanted to do a quick Tasha update because obviously, if you guys listen to this show, you know that I revealed last week during my recap with She's All Batch that Tasha was supposed to give a statement on her exit from the Clickbait podcast. Since that all came out, um, there has been a new episode of Clickbait, and Tasha did record a statement. Um, I don't know why it was delayed a week, but I can tell you that from what I understand, this was supposed to be on the original episode. I don't know if that coming out prompted them to do this statement. I don't know if there was just a timing issue. I mentioned last week, I think it's some, maybe some negotiation stuff of Tisha's role within Bachelor Nation and the network um, and Warner Brothers since she also wasn't on the last episode of Clayton C of Michelle's season. I don't really know, but meaning the, uh, after the final rose, I don't really know, but this is what she said to the clickbait fam, as she calls them on the January 27th episode of clickbait. So she hadn't been on the show in months. And this was a week after Joe announced that she was no longer on the show and that Tisha and that Tia was taking over. She said, my clickbait fam, guess who? It's me, Tasha. Dang it, I really miss saying that. I'm just stopping by to say hi and to really express my love and gratitude to every single one of you before I say goodbye for a little while. I was really anticipating and looking forward to coming back to clickbait, but it just seems to be that time for me to work on myself and the many things I have coming down on the pipeline. I want to express how much the love and support of all of our listeners has meant to me, especially those of you who have been there since day one, who have helped us build clickbait from the bottom up. This podcast holds, holds such a special place in my heart, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. 
She added that the show was left in very, very capable hands with Joe, Natasha, and Tia. Quote, I am always going to be rooting for you guys and will definitely be listening. I mean, who knows? I may even stop by and say hello in the future. I can't speculate this anymore because I feel like I already have so much, Um, but I do think there's probably more to this story. Um, You know, interesting that she said that she anticipated on returning and then kind of pivoted to she needs time to work on herself. So this could be a personal Tasha thing. She doesn't want to, you know, be answering questions about her own relationship right now. She isn't in the mood to be talking about The Bachelor and the show. It could be triggering for her. It could just be something she's not interested in anymore or at this time following her breakup with Zach. It could be, like I said before, something money-wise, something bigger negotiations um, because she did pull back from these podcasts a little while ago. It didn't totally make sense. I don't know. I think it's interesting. And this is a whole new level of a new whole new layer and level of the contestants participating on The Bachelor and what they decide to do moving forward. Because as you know, clickbait, Bachelor Happy Hour, talking it out, all Warner Brothers produced podcasts, which means they're affiliated with Bachelor Nation, affiliated with ABC and the show and the production company. New contracts must be signed. Um, and it's it's interesting to see how that works. I wish Rachel Lindsay spoke about that a little bit on in her book. She didn't. Um, she spoke a little bit about her relationship with Becca and the fallout of everything with Garrett, but she had super great things to say about Becca and their conversation. She said that that episode talking about Black Lives Matter and Garrett was actually the most downloaded episode of Bachelor Happy Hour to that point by a lot, you know, probably partly because people wanted the tea on Becca and Garrett, partly because that was the conversation happening in our country at the time. And it was a great conversation to listen to, but I don't know. I think we will find out more about Tasha down the line. Um, moving on to Clayton, you guys, what an episode of The Bachelor this was. Shrimpgate, Shrimpgate, Shrimpgate. I can't decide if I find this hilarious or just so stupid. Um, I think both, which I guess is usually what happens on this show. But I feel like a lot of people were fed up with the shrimp conversation and the feud between Elizabeth and Shanae. The episode picks up with the middle of the Shanae drama still happening. As you recall, last week, Clayton ended on a cliffhanger saying he was going to address the drama at the cocktail party the following day. So of course we picked up ahead of the cocktail party. Um, He decides to grab Shanae and Elizabeth, try to talk to them and gets absolutely nowhere. This is the interesting tit for tat that this goes into because while I think it's very clear that Shanae is majority in the wrong here, um, she made fun of Elizabeth for having ADHD, which isn't cool. She keeps throwing it in her face. It doesn't even make sense, her argument. And even if it did, it's just not cool. And it's messed up. There is something to be said for if you're Shanae, it probably is pretty torturous to be in that house right now, imagining every time you walk into a room and a group of girls is talking about you, or if you genuinely feel, I know this is an environment where people get paranoid. They don't have someone they can trust, they can turn to. So part of me does feel bad for her when they're playing those clips of like the hot tub and you see that they all the women do ignore her. Because if you go back to last week's episode, which I did, Elizabeth was, unless there's some crazy editing green screen stuff happening, which I don't think so. I watched the episode and fall again, that clip and fall. Last week's episode, when Shanae comes out with the shrimp after eating the shrimp Elizabeth already made, and she offers no one besides the one girl did acknowledge her. And that must be, you know, a little stressful. I don't think that's fun. However, 
Then when you watch her confessionals and she does these things about how she's winning and how Clayton believed her implies that she's lying and that she is, you know, more manipulative and just picked Elizabeth to be the person she didn't like. And that this quote unquote allegations of bullying are not real. And she would have picked whoever um, to come for. And that for Elizabeth would also be infuriating. Like she is trying to explain herself to Clayton and Elizabeth. And you have Shanae in the corner just saying you're bullying the lying, the toxicity, the shrimp, the hot tub. Like I would probably lose it too. I almost think Elizabeth would have probably, I'm not like faulting her because again, I would be frustrated, but I think if she didn't even try to engage with Shanae and sort of let Shanae maybe spiral or talk herself into a hole, she would have maybe had more success getting out of the conversation. I think Elizabeth trying to fight back with Shanae and like reason with her was never going to work. And I understand the frustration of trying to do that, but like it it was never going to work. I mean, Clayton's face, Clayton's face, you guys, when he was sitting in the middle of Shanae and Elizabeth and they were fighting about shrimp, I couldn't tell like, what was Clayton thinking? Was he regretting agreeing to be the bachelor? Was he just trying to look forward because if he looked at one of them, the other one might think that he was, you know, taking their side. Was he like trying to send a bat signal to the producers? Like, get me out of here. Get me out of the bachelor mansion. What was he thinking? I feel like he was having so many regrets in that moment. And the spiral that it caused in the house did kind of make me laugh because you would someone like Jill, who's just like freaking out and they're making these crazy um, accusations. Like he's so overwhelmed. He can't even have a cocktail party. And they're like crying and they're, they're like shaking about shrimp. And I mean, Elizabeth's meltdown also confused me a little bit because she's like going, she's so emotional about the fact that some of her friends, her life, these acting like these women are her lifelong girlfriends, best friends, sorority sisters, sister, real sisters, BFFs for life, BFFAL, the Falad, are going to get sent home because of the drama that she was involved in, which meant they didn't have time to talk to Clayton. I'm sure part of that's true. I know you guys, you get close in this house. I've heard it before the friendships that the women make, but there's still like what 18 people left here. I think we get down to 14 after this rose ceremony pretty quick time to bond to the point where you're hysterically crying. But I think it also probably was, oh, I'm going to look bad. Like I was dragged into the drama. This conversation about shrimp has happened six times. There's no way they're cutting this out. Like this is a storyline on season 26 of The Bachelor. So I think Elizabeth was probably pissed at herself for getting involved or somehow getting roped into it. And then the other women were just, we were just losing it. And it was, it was a little ridiculous. The idea that it was shrimp made it funny but again at the same time like clearly Shanae's the problem if all the girls don't like her like I hate to say it but I mean that's it's it's hard you see how the other women react to her right and I think that that's a good judge of character because Clayton clearly is got some blinders on unclear if he's um thinking not with his brain and maybe with another body part or is he thinking with producers in his ear is it both in Rachel Lindsay's book, I'll bring it up. She did say that producers made her keep Lee and she wanted to send Lee home much earlier and they needed him for a two-on-one date and they told her she had to do it and she did it. As we know now at the end of this episode, Shanae will be on a two-on-one date. So did Clayton, you know, just do what the producer said? 
and send home Elizabeth because he had to? Did he want to send both of them home? We'll find out one day if he ever writes a book, which seems to be inevitable these days. So I feel like we'll, we'll get more context on this later. Or is he blinded by Shanae? Does he like her? Does he think she's really pretty? Does he like making out with her? I mean, we see him do that quite a lot. Upon watching the show, he's clearly having some regrets. And he released a statement and he said, quote, this was on Tuesday morning on Twitter and Instagram. I'm sorry, Elizabeth, for what you're going through. I wish I could have seen what was happening when I wasn't there. I obviously knew y'all weren't in a good place with each other, but I thought at the time that it was solely petty drama. I would have sent Shanae home immediately for making fun of you for being neurodivergent had I known. However, the experience for me watching hasn't been overall, the experience for me watching hasn't been fun simply because I am seeing all the damage that I caused. I always meant well, but my actions weren't always the best as I now can see the repercussions from my decisions. I can promise you I'm learning from the stakes though, and I'm doing everything in my power to become out of the other side, a better man. So Clayton is obviously getting a lot of backlash for keeping Shanae and sending home Elizabeth, which does make sense. That statement is a lot. Um, and I think that it is good to say, because again, the stuff with ADHD was just gross and there's no reason for Shanae to be like throwing that in her face or trying to make that a joke. Um, it was never going to land well and it doesn't even make sense. Like I've said before to what their drama was. Elizabeth has also been tweeting about the drama. Um, she tweeted Shanae seems to like my shrimp so much. Wait until she tries my tea. Hashtag women tell all. And when Clayton tweeted, I'm looking forward to having an, having an open and honest discussion at the women tell all with all that happened. It's important to hold people accountable, including myself. And Elizabeth quote tweeted that and said, I'm ready. And Elizabeth also retweeted a Bachelor fan account that said, Dear Bachelor Production, while the Shanae Shrimp stuff is funny, the ease in which she attacks people with neurodevelopmental disorders is not. Let's end this chapter this season and not continue it in paradise. That's interesting. Now, female Shanae, um, from what I have seen, has posted a lot of TikToks about shrimp. She is seemingly taking the road of making fun of this, going along with it. Um, I'm sure Shanae has also gotten a lot of not so nice tweets, which I mean, I don't know how many times I have to say, and not that I'm the you know, spokesperson for any of this, but that you don't need to send people death threats or anything crazy. So I imagine Shanae's Instagram and stuff is flooded with a million things too. However, I don't think it's always a great look to just keep piling on and doubling down um, with the joking, especially if it's taken a turn where it's we've clearly offended people. But when you when it makes about shrimp, it does feel like so silly and ridiculous. So it's a weird. This, this show has always struggled tonally. I think I've said that countless times. The show struggles tonally, and I think that's an interest. That's this is a perfect example of that. Elizabeth was also on clickbait, actually. Um, talking about Shanae and she confirmed something that I said, not specifically like you, Sarah Heron, if you're for the reason said this, but something I believe I said on this show two weeks ago when it was still Cassidy kind of coaching Shanae about what to do and about how on that first group date, when Shanae walked in and Elizabeth sat next to Clayton, she singled her out. She was like, Elizabeth's my target. So it had nothing to do with Elizabeth as a person. Nothing. If anyone else sat next to Clayton that day, I a hundred percent believe unless there's something huge we're missing between Elizabeth and Shanae that Shanae would have picked someone else to be your target because Cassidy like coached her into thinking that you need to attack someone and win the group date or whatever the whole situation was. 
But on clickbait, she said, Elizabeth claimed that she made an effort to make connections with everybody, talk to them, get to them in the house. And the first day in the house, I did that with everyone. I think perhaps Shanae felt like it meant like we were going to be very, very close. Perhaps Shanae felt disheartened or had wished that her and I would be closer. And I ended up spending time with more people. Honestly, I think you can see from watching it that you're just as in the dark as I am. But she said, absolutely not that she didn't, um, that they never had any sort of drama or confrontation before. Um, and that she didn't confront her about hitting, um, like kind of pushing her on that group date. And then after Natasha suggested that Shanae zeroed in on Elizabeth during the group date because of her sitting next to her, Elizabeth said, I mean, it's hard to say on that first group date, as soon as we got on the bus to go together, she kind of sat on one end and I sat on the other. I asked her, I invited her, come dance with us. Do you want some fruit snacks? It's always about, it's always about these women fighting over food and who offers who food. Do you want some fruit snacks? Do you want some shrimp? But whatever. She kept her distance. And then we went on our little game with Z-Way. I think that was her first trigger. Like she came in and really wanted to go like completely all in and do with, do all that it took. So I sat next to him first. And I think that was the beginning of the end, which I totally agree with. Elsewhere in the episode, we see um, the women travel to Houston. Obviously the Jesse Palmer fake out of it's going to be a, the best adventure ever. I know they are going to travel internationally eventually, but the fact that he started with that and the women were eager, eager to find out, um, couldn't even let him finish his teas. That was lengthy as always. Um, they're going to Houston. They're going to Texas for perfect place to fall in love. That's what they say. We see Clayton talking to his friend and, you know, it was nice to see Clayton. I feel like he really did let his guard down when his friend showed up. Um, he was silly and with him and they were chatting. It did make me laugh though, because at one, at the beginning of his conversation with his friend, he was like, I feel so confident. I'm going to get down on one knee or I'm going to get married. But then at the end of the conversation, he was like, I have no idea how I'm going to choose when it gets down to two, when it gets down to three, when it gets down to four. Like he kind of implied that he actually doesn't know or have a like front runner right now, but he's confident he's going to get married, which is just kind of a weird thing to say. Like, I guess he believes in the process, but he doesn't necessarily know which girl yet. And I'm not saying he should know. I mean, a lot of times you do hear that leads know this early, but it was just, he immediately backtracked. He was like, I'm going to get engaged. And he was like, but also how the hell am I going to pick? Um, which I think is foreshadowing. They kept that in there for a reason, because as we see in the even lengthier promo, it's going to be a rough road for Clayton towards the end of this. Um, however, Rachel, one-on-one -on -one date, more horseback riding. He's very into Rachel. When he quote asked her, is everything you do hot? I thought that was a weird question. Out of context, uh, maybe they cut something out, but he's obviously very into her. And they just kind of kept whispering to each other nonsense. It was a lot of, we have such a strong connection. Thank you for bringing me here. Please don't be over me tomorrow. I thought that was a really weird thing for him to say. Um, it's kind of like something you would like drunkenly say at a bar and then hope the next day that the person still likes you, but whatever. They also barbecued with this random family and I literally will do anything if anyone knows who that family is and they would like to come on this podcast. This is an open invitation until the end of time. Like I don't care if Clayton's season isn't relevant at all. I need to speak to those people. I don't know why the show didn't just say like it's the catering company of whatever thing or like pretend it, the fact that they acted like they stumbled upon this random food because they smelled ribs was one of the weirdest decisions this show has made in a while. Like they, the, the food situation on the bachelor is just dry. It's, it's crazy. Like what does that was so weird. They smelled ribs and then they needed to, to stop there. It made no freaking sense. And the fact that Clayton phrased it as quote, we don't know this family, but we're going to get to know them together. 
the way the show always is like, we have an obstacle to overcome. Like this one is getting to know this random family. And then Rachel had to open up to these random people about when she wanted kids. And Clayton had to open up to these random people about when she he wanted kids. Like it was so strange. I did not understand it at all. But whatever. They they really bonded at this barbecue with these random people. And like, do these random people, will they come back? Could they, could we like circle back with them? Would would they be invited to the wedding if he chooses Rachel? I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe we'll see them again. Maybe they, they're going to be on paradise hosting a date. They'll be a guest host. Maybe they'll be at the women tell all asking Shanae if she regrets um, eating all of Elizabeth's shrimp and maybe they'll bring out some ribs. Wouldn't that be something? Um, the music was super sweet with Rachel. Um, it was last week too. And even when she had like a two second moment with him. So I think they're really laying it on thick that this chick is a front runner. It gets a little creepy during the night portion when he kind of fakes her out with his concerns. I'm wondering how woman as wonderful as you are with a badass job. How are you here? Really kind of a weird question to ask someone it's kind of saying she's too good for the show, too good for him. But then it's like, Clayton, or do you think you're not good enough for the show? I don't know. Um, but again, he really likes her. I thought it was funny when she said, you're always keeping me on my toes when they've probably spent approximately, I don't know, an hour of alone time together at this point, maybe more. I don't really know how it works as they always, I feel like you hear different things about, because again, bring up Rachel Lindsay's book. It's fresh in my mind because I just read it. She did say that on her one-on-one date with Peter, they had like an unprecedented two hours alone in a car together where the cameras weren't up. I guess they just like, didn't need to film anything anymore or weren't whatever, which I thought was interesting. And she acknowledged like very rare and weird and never happened with anyone else. So maybe these two have spent more time together, but none of their conversations have, have been of any substance. Like I know sometimes we like make fun of it. Like we fake it like, oh, they really got deep there. But this like literally all they did was whisper sweet nothings into each other's ears and like get and like make out and giggle. Um, he literally even said like, I don't know your last name which I thought was funny that they kept in because they never really show that. But then he immediately was like, I don't even think it matters. We have such a strong connection in such a short period of time. I just want to pause time. I mean, it's what this show does, right? It's like you fall in love, you fall in lust, but it, it felt like even like they laid it on really thick here. The one thing she did open up about was her past boyfriend not being supportive of her job. And I think that that was obviously very lame of her ex-boyfriend. And Clayton said all the right things there. He um, is clearly impressed with this girl. And he will quote, never dim her light, which was a nice little corny Hallmark line to get in there. They really highlighted it. This day took up a huge part of the episode also. So I think that we're going to see Rachel for a long time to come here. It feels like to me, she's the obvious winner. But then I remember Clayton says, I love you to three people. So when he has his group, his one-on-one with Serene from what we assume since she was left off the group date next week, will the same thing happen? I remember thinking he was really into Susie. Um, so I think Clayton's just going to have a hard time making decisions, which we knew, but I still think Rachel is my pick to win. I'm going to stick with that for now, because even if she doesn't get another one-on-one for a while, they spread them out. And I think Susie's going to go far. Gabby gets so much screen time. It's not even funny. I feel like for someone who, I mean, definitely has a connection with Clayton and she had, you know, some time with him, but just as far as like with the stuff with the women, And whether it's narrating what's happening, whether she's actually was there for it, whether it's a funny comment, whether it's a highlight on a group date, like Gabby is all over this freaking show. So she is definitely getting a lot of screen time. She's also there when Sierra and Genevieve are caught talking about Shanae and Shanae can hear them through the wall. Obviously, Shanae was, I'm sure, instructed to listen through um, because she was in the room, you know, trying to take a nap with the camera. 
Um, they're planning to tell Clayton about her on this group date of 13. She's not happy about it. They tailgate, they tackle football. Of course, those three women are on a different team as Shanae, so she can, you know, go for them. Um, Sierra is super determined to tell Clayton about Shanae. I thought that was interesting. Clayton even calls her out later for tackling Shanae with, I mean, Shanae didn't even have the ball and Sierra played it off pretty funny, but I think it's, I don't know. It's not a great look to be super like obsessed with wanting to out the villain. However, like I said before, it seems like living with Shanae is pretty infuriating. Then we see Shanae, of course, crash the party. Um, Teddy has a sweet moment. Marlena, who is the Olympian, is in a league of their own in the football game. She crushed it. She seems really funny and great. Um, obviously, super athletic. Hannah Storm from Bachelor Winter Games is there, which gives me, you know, flashbacks. Hashtag justice for Bachelor Winter Games. Bring it back. The Olympics are starting. I don't know why I'm not getting bachelor winter games i actually would really like that even though i complain that there's too many bachelor shows i really enjoyed winter games i thought it was a moment in time and i would love it back but whatever um we see the flashbacks of bachelor bowls from the past which made me laugh those were all good it's kind of funny that it's such a staple on the show to have to be tackled by other um, men or women to get a chance to date someone, but you know, whatever that's, that's what the bachelor is. Right. And then again, yes, it ends with Shanae crashing the party and Clayton a thousand percent falling for it, making out with her. It was very gossip girl them on that bar. It was very first episode of gossip girl, Serena Vanderwoodson at the, Oh my God, it's killing me that I can't even remember the name because of the party because they talked about it so much on the first season of Gossip Girl at the wedding they were at um, that Serena and Nate Archibald hook up at. And that's just what that scene reminded me of. She had, I think her dress was on Inside Out. I think I saw that on Instagram, which is, you know, interesting. And they just were going for it. I don't know. I think that Clayton is clearly having regrets for everything he does with Shanae, if he's already apologizing for it, I would imagine that that could mean that she somehow survives the group date, the two-on-one date too, if he's like backtracking and doing damage control, or maybe he really just feels bad because of all the ADHD stuff and watching this all now, and maybe he's getting a lot of backlash. I don't know. I think Clayton is going to be in for a rough road. And he said before that he, he was reading everything and that was bad. And so he stopped, but now he's definitely um getting feedback and i think it's it's you know it's good to acknowledge making mistakes i think sometimes bachelors try to pretend like they didn't make a mistake and they get in their head a little bit and they say everything happens for a reason and there's true to that but at the same time you're not going to be perfect when you're making these decisions i don't know i think he's definitely going to give peter Weber a run for his money on not being able to make up his mind and making poor decisions as the lead of the show but we'll see also it's the shepherd wedding for anyone who cares about that gospel reference. I did in fact look it up, look it up because it was going to bother me. Um, but that's it. You guys, that was this week's episode of the bachelor, a little bit of bachelor news. Um, and based on that promo for the rest of the season, as I've said, I mean, it looks good. We haven't really seen any of the stuff that they've been teasing yet so far. I think the season's been fine. I think it's certainly watchable bachelor content. I don't think it's been like the greatest thing ever. Um, I think Clayton, is, you know, an interesting choice because again, we like watching, as Ben Higgins said, we like watching our leads not be great at it because it's good TV. But then at the same time, maybe we're focusing a little too much on Shanae and Shrimpgate. I almost, someone messaged me that they wished Cassidy stuck around longer because it actually would have been interesting to maybe see both of them together in this house because it's just so much freaking Shanae. Um, and I don't disagree with that. I'm pretty over Shanae as a character on this program. But yeah, they're already hyping up this woman tell all. And 
everyone wants justice for Elizabeth. So stay tuned for that. I'm sure we'll be hearing more from her. And they also tried to imply maybe in that promo that Shanae was one of the women he sleeps with. That would be crazy. The more they're showing it, the more I think maybe, maybe it does happen before the fantasy suites, which would be awesome. And that's why he has to confess. But I don't think it's a two-on-one date, which they kind of tried to imply in that promo by any means. But I mean, at this point, like, let's just blow up this, this season. Cause in Clayton and Rachel after there, unless, you know, they might live happily ever after and just tell each other how beautiful they think they are all day. But other than that, I'm not totally sure we're going to get much depth, but who knows? Um, I can't wait to be back next week to talk more about Clayton. I'll actually be back on Friday with an, a guest and then yeah, next Tuesday for another episode of the bachelor. So don't forget to like subscribe and leave a five-star review and come back every week for more here for the right reasons. 